0: All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger Sayyidina Muhammad There is a hadith in the jami' of Imam Tirmidhi in which Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah uh, uh, narrates that the messenger of Allah وسلم, said that the most beloved of you, the most beloved of you and the ones who will sit nearest to me on the Day of Judgment are the ones who are the most beautiful in your character. This is the most beloved of you and those who sit nearest to me on the Day of Judgment will be the ones who are the most beautiful in character. And what does it mean on the Day of Judgment to sit nearest to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? The one who is near him uh, will be from the people of Jannah. Uh, and the one who is near him will not be from the people of fire. So he says that the most beloved of you and the nearest of you to me uh, seated will be uh, on the day of judgment will be those who are most beautiful in character. And the most hated uh, uh, of people to me and those who are furthest from me on the day of judgment will be who? And he mentions three words. They're not common words in the usage of, uh, of Arabs. Uh, not in that time nor uh, in this time. But he mentions three very specific adjectives, descriptors. He says that the three people who will be the f- most hated by me and the furthest from me on the Day of Judgment will be the Tharthar and the Mutashaddiq and the Mutafayhit. And so the Sahaba, عنهم, there was someone who asked from amongst them that the Tharthar and Mutashaddiq, we understand what they mean, but what is the Mutafayhit? And the Prophet, sallallahu mentions that the Mutafayhit is the arrogant one. He's the mutakabbin, he's the arrogant one. And so there's a little bit of explanation with regards to the language of this hadith uh, that's necessary. The first thing that uh, Ta'ala mentions in his explanation of this hadith is that the tharthar is the one who speaks a lot uh, out of the kind of, out of affectation. The tharthar is who the one who speaks a lot out of affectation. And this is something that we, uh, uh, you know, we consider this to be a, a positive sign, we consider this to be a sign of intelligence, and really it's not. It really isn't. And this is one of the, 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 the basic usul of the deen is that the deen values quality over quantity. It values what? Quality over quantity. A person who can do a couple of deeds, a few deeds, but do them with? Perfect. Mm-hmm. With perfect ikhlas, perfect sincerity, this means something with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That deed which is done with grossness, grossness in the classical sense of the word. What does gross mean? The Germanic uh, root of the word gross in the English language means something that's just huge. The the meaning of uh, of gross that we use nowadays to be something that's disgusting, it comes along uh, a similar usage which is uh, interestingly made in the Quran which is the, the, the meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the pure and the filthy are not the same. Even if you are amazed by how great in size and in amount and quantum the filth is. Just because you have a lot of filth, it doesn't replace the goodness that comes with what? With, with being good even though it's a small amount. And so this is one of the, the great musul and one of the great uh, universal principles of Islam, which is that a little bit that's done with quality is much better with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. It actually means something uh, good with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala when compared to uh, something that's uh, of bad quality but's done with huge quantity. The one dollar given for the sake of Allah Ta'ala with, ikhlas is better uh, with Allah Ta'ala than the million dollars that are given while showing off. And some people give a million dollars with ikhlas, and that's the fadl of Allah, that's the grace of Allah Ta'ala, He gives to whoever He wills. But to teach somebody who is sincere in small deeds to do big deeds with sincerity is far easier than to teach somebody who is insincere in big deeds uh, to do a, a small deed with sincerity. That's a much more difficult lesson uh, to learn. And that's the lesson that was ingrained into the companions, the Allah, in particular the muhajirin who spent such a long time with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu when he was in Makkah Mukarramah. So... The uh, uh, Tharthar is the one who uh, uh, speaks a lot. The Mutashadit is who the one who uh, 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 s- gives long speeches and in particular he uses a, par- a particular uh, type of language or a particular uh, mode of expression which shows his uh, eloquence and uh, self-aggrandizement and the, the, the greatness of his speech, quote-unquote, the, the, the supposed greatness of his speech. This is something also that's... It's very unique to human culture that people who use certain buzzwords, they somehow become smart all of a sudden. So somebody who is saying something, if they say the same thing, for example, if it's talking about medicine, some concept in medicine, if you give that same talk in Urdu, if you give that same talk in you know, uh, uh, Wolof, uh, the language of uh, Senegal, the main language of Senegal, or something like that, people won't take what you have s- to say seriously, whereas if you say the, uh, uh, the, you know, whatever you have to say with regards to medicine in English or in French, people will take it seriously. Now tell me something. Do ideas have a particular language that they live in? Absolutely not. That speech which is in Urdu or that speech which is in Wolof may actually contain within it, in, within it knowledge and wisdom, uh, and some understanding that the speech in English or the speech in French may not contain. But what is it? We, you know, we have this idea that, uh, uh, that how a person is saying something uh, some, somehow substitutes for what they're saying, and that's completely not the case at all. If somebody is speaking the truth, even if they speak it in simple words, it's the truth and it's known by its own proofs. And if somebody is saying something that's wrong, it doesn't matter how fluently or how eloquently that person is speaking. It doesn't matter what language that person is speaking in, only a fool will aggrandize it based on those those metrics, and only a wise person will listen to the content of somebody's speech and evaluate it based on its content. Does it make sense or not? Is it rationally coherent or not? Is the argument cogent or not? Regardless of how it's being spoken. How it's being spoken, but listen, you know, the Forget about, forget about the, the language that people are speaking in. Even the hey, even the the clothing a person is wearing, what a person's beard looks like, what a person's uh, uh, car that they're driving looks like. All of these things, oftentimes, amongst small-minded people, people who are not. Uh, people who are not rationally trained, people who are not intellectually trained, we oftentimes will let those things affect what we think about what a person has to say more than the actual thing that they have to say. And the Messenger of Allah knew that there are people who will force their way on other people based on these external uh, indicators. Based on external and irrelevant indicators like how a person speaks, how long a person speaks, how arrogant they are when they speak, how eloquent they are when they speak. That they will use the force of their eloquence and their arrogance uh, in order to posit and forward uh, an argument that has no substance in it whatsoever. And the Prophet ﷺ was not pleased with it was not pleased with it, rather he said that this is a reason that these people are the most hateful on the Day of Judgment and the furthest uh, from me on the Day of Judgment. So the Companions well, they said that, uh, well we understand what this tartar is, we understand what this is, which we uh, just defined for you, but what's the last one, the Uh And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says that that مُتَفَيْهِد is the person who is uh, an arrogant one. Imam Nawawi in uh, uh, further detail with regards to what the word mutafaihiq means, he says that it comes from the root, uh, 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 from the root word faht, which means uh, uh, to fill one's mouth with uh, words. You know, some people speak, uh, they speak like radio announcers. Uh, this is something that oftentimes speakers are trained with. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't have any speaker training. From a professional speaker standpoint, there are many things to be uh, objected to based on how I speak. A person should speak well, especially when they're speaking the hop with the dean. But a person should not use these tricks in order to what? In order to uh, detract from the the, the the fact that they may not have a point. Like if you go to a church, oftentimes many of the mainline Protestant. Uh, uh, denominations in this country, I should say mainline, evangelical and charismatic denominations in this country, you'll have the pastor while they're speaking, the organ and the band will be playing in the back while they're speaking. And what will happen is that they will start playing very softly and as time goes on it will get louder and louder and louder and louder to give the indication what? To give the indication that the speaker has some sort of a point, whether they have a point or not whether they have a point or not. And this is a playbook. This is not something that they learned from the church elders. It's not like St. Augustine taught them this. You know, this is not something that they, that that was codified in the Council of uh, Nicaea. Uh, Rather, these are all from like the Nazi propaganda playbooks. Like Goebbels is basically the one who taught them how to do these types of things. You make emotional pitches. The first thing you do is congratulate everyone for being here and make them feel like they're better than everybody else in the world. The second thing that you do is tell a story which seems hopeless, and then you make some sort of like hopeful appeal pitch out of the middle of it. And then you, you just pull on. There's like a whole predictable set of things that a person does in order, in order to pull at the strings of a person's heart, so that you can emotionally connect with them as a distraction from not being able to rationally connect with them. This is something that a person may do uh, 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 in in a way that's true. So if there is a story like that and someone wants to share it and make a good point, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But to do it as a canned stage uh, 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 show that a person does just in order to emotionally manipulate people. There are people who are... Muslims, and they call themselves Muslims, some of them from uh, uh, heterodox, Zanadika uh, type groups, and some of them also who claim that they're from ahm Sunnah al-jama'ah only in order to make themselves seem bigger than others. They do these types of uh, uh, silly tricks. And some of them, even they're not, they're not saying anything wrong, but why are they saying what they're saying and doing the things the way they're doing them? Just in order to aggrandize themselves. And brothers and sisters, this is something very dangerous. This is not from the, the, the methodology of our aslaf. I studied in Mauritania. Uh, in Mauritania, you rarely have a speaker who will get up and speak for more than three minutes uh, continuously. And if you think about it, if you think about it, this is the way the companions, anhum, were. There are, it's very rare that you have a speech from the Prophet wasallam that's all that long. The longest hadith in the Sahih uh, Bukhari, the longest hadith was the same uh, thing, the longest hadith in the... Uh, uh, in the Riyadh al Salihin is the Hadith of Toba. It's just a couple of pages. It's not really all that long, and there are very few Hadiths that come anywhere near it in terms of their length. The majority of the Hadith of the Prophet وسلم, are short and sweet. Khair al Karami right? Muhammad ripped off the Prophet وسلم, when he said, "Brevity is the soul of wit." Right? The best of speech is what he he ripped off the, the Arabs. The best of speech is what that which is short and that which gets to the point. That which is short and that which gets to the point. And so these long-winded speeches in which very little information is conveyed, and it's all just this emotional manipulation. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, knew about it, he described it very accurately, and he said that this is something that which will uh, take a person away from uh, a, a, a praiseworthy station on the Day of Judgment. What will take a person to a praiseworthy station on the Day of Judgment? The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi said, beautiful character. And how was that beautiful character described by Aslaf? Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mubarak, one of the narrators whose hadith come in all the and one of the great beloved. Uh, uh, individuals and personalities of the history of this ummah from the uh, from the salaf, he mentions three things. He says talakatul that you should smile, whatever difficulties you have, whatever problems you're carrying, you shouldn't burden other people with them. Rather, you should meet other people with a smile. And the second is that a person should 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 give from what they have in a reasonable way uh, to other people. That you shouldn't be cheap. You should, you know, you should uh, buy things for other people, you should feed other people, you should help people out uh, with your time, with your money, with your wealth. And that a person, if they can't do any of those things, then the best thing that a person can do, if it's a bad day, you're completely broke, hard to, hard to bring a smile out, you're just not feeling very well, etc., etc., then that, at that point the struggle is what? Just not to harm another person not to harm anybody else. Don't harm the people in the masjid. Don't harm the people in your family. Don't take it out on somebody else. If you're feeling pain, then deal with your pain and don't take it out on anybody else. These are very simple things. Brothers and sisters, you will not get a thousand and ten thousand followers on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter for doing these things. You will not get an award. Nobody is going to put your name on a plaque in the front of the masjid or name the masjid after you because of this. But these things they may not mean anything with the board or they may not mean anything with the people sitting to the left and right of you but i give you glad tidings that they mean something with allah ta'ala who created the heavens and the earth from nothing and if he loves you you don't need to worry about what other people think about you anymore brothers and sisters and imagine if the masjid was filled with those who allah ta'ala loved uh, what what type of tawfiq uh, we would have as a community and as an ummah? allah ta'ala give us uh, preserve it for us. It's my imam that that is the case. Allah, preserve it for us and clean it and make it more pure and more beautiful and more powerful.